Welcome to the Roberts Institute of Art podcast, a place to explore, reimagine, and exchange ideas about culture through conversations. My name is Yates Norton, curator at the Roberts Institute of Art, and I'm here to introduce a special edition of our podcast on togetherness. This is part of our year-long online series called Recall Evening of Performances, where we are celebrating and learning from some of the artists commissioned for the 12 editions of our Evening of Performances program, which ran annually from 2008 to 2019. These one-night events showcase diverse performance works, from dance to DJing, poetry to visual art. The Evening of Performances commissioned dozens of new works to several thousand live audience members in iconic venues such as Coco and the Ministry of Sound. Drawing these events to a close, we are now exploring what the next wave of contemporary performance can be by turning to some of the artists who have shaped it so far. In this podcast series, we ask an artist who performed in one of the evening of performances to choose someone to be in conversation with about collaboration, their respective practices, and the future of performance. In this edition, Nikisi, aka Malika Nagombe Kolongo, who performed in the 2017 evening of performances, invited artist and choreographer Tiran Willemser to chat about performance, collaborating together, and their most recent work, Bibi, which looks at the structures of support and maintenance in the theatre. When the body kind of comes in touch with music, the information goes instantaneously in all cells. You know, so it's also this like way that like, you know, when actually something, when the magic actually can happen, then it's like, you know, it's not only the eyes, it's not only the ears, it's like the whole body is just like directly learning something. Nikisi is a producer, DJ, and co-founder of Non Records, a collective of African artists and artists of the diaspora, using sound as their primary medium to, quote, articulate the visible and invisible structures that create binaries in society and in turn distribute power, end of quote. She's a regular at the Endless Club Night and has performed at the London venues of Corsica Studios, Bold Tendencies and Dance Tunnel, as well as the New Museum in New York. Her sets and performance often include layering an exciting mix of fast-paced music that draws from many influences, from Central and West African club tracks to Gabba and Doomcore. In addition to her performances, she has curated the 2017 Wising Festival, a series of events at Geneva's Biennale de l'Image en Mouvement in 2018, and a three-day residency at Café Otto in 2019. When we asked Nikisi whom she would like to be in conversation with as part of this series of podcasts, she chose Tiran Willemser, who is an artist born in South Africa and living between Berlin and Zurich. His performance-based practice is rooted in a careful attention to space, imagination, gesture and sound, focusing on how they relate to the ways in which constructions of race and gender are performed, communicated and challenged. He has worked and collaborated with artists, choreographers and dancers, from Esther Salomon to Jerome Bell to the Kahlberg Ballet and to Deborah Hay and Jeffa van Dinter. Something that I appreciate about our collaboration is like we just leave one another to kind of have your way of like how you interact with the audience and somehow that's a way of how we find one another through performing, through performing together and that's something nice to experience for us but also I can imagine that it has an effect on the audience perhaps like a type of confusion, but also through being confused, like finding different ways of interacting with us separately, but also together. I thought just a good way to start, um, so with you, Nikisi, 
is just if you could describe your DJ set for the 2017 evening of performances and what your memories were, what the atmosphere was like, and what stood out for you at the time. So long ago. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's quite long ago, isn't it? <laughs> we'll move more towards the present as we go. <laughs> okay. Yes, 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 yes. So I guess with my very minimal remembrance, because <laughs> yeah, I tend not to be able to remember, um, like, yeah, like past, present, <laughs> I guess. Um, yeah, I remember it was a really interesting night. I remember just um, the venue I really enjoyed. And I remember um, at the time I was kind of going into the research that I'm doing now, kind of thinking about this like trancy kind of environment and like bring people together, just like one heartbeat that everyone can share at the same moment. So I, for me, it was really like probably one of these nights where um, the response of the audience was really amazing. And I thought also like the program in relationship with like the other artists um, really fit well. I remember it was a really nice evening. <laughs> and how did you, um, so obviously when we asked you, you, you chose Tiran Williams, so when we asked you who would you like to collaborate with and how did you two meet and how did you come to collaborate together? So we met a few years ago through a mutual friend and um, I think, I'm sure that like everything, every time in passing, we would always have this like really nice connection but I think both of our lives were so busy pre-pandemic um, that it maybe never would have really been able to happen to get um, us together in the same space and maybe get to collaborating. So it's like one of these things that like due to the current situation and us being in the same city. Um, yeah, I think Tiran came to see one of my performances in Zurich. I did this like weird like sonic lecture and then I remember Tiran just coming up to me and be like, I need to tell you about something. You know, I was just like telling me all this information. I was just like, whoa. I remember it just being like so intense and me just being like, oh my God, I'm so excited for this. And then I guess like fast forward a year and a half. Now we're like post uh, this beautiful performance we did together. Yeah, it's been a really nice way to like reconnect and actually like get to this point of like working together. That's also why I thought it would be amazing to have this conversation um, together. Certainly, thinking about collaborations and different ways of, of collaborating with someone you love. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I also think we were kind of like bound to like work together at some moment because there's so much similarities in um, in our interest um that it's like i don't know somehow it was just bound to somehow that we would like like cross over even if we wouldn't have collaborated together i think we would have just somehow ended up in the same type of uh circles in terms of like you know where our our minds are going and and interest about so um so i feel like just a frame of like operating inside of is like there's 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 a similar curiosity um um 
that that of course makes me like even more interested in you as a as a person and as an artist. What are some of those shared interests and things that you're curious in? Um, I don't know if it's like I don't know when I'm honest if I can um, articulate it in language. It's more perhaps how we relate to one another on an energetic level, um, and how you know that just draw perhaps the two of us even actually to one another. Um, yeah, so it's again, it's more perhaps like I'm saying a frame that we're operating inside of, uh, like to um, what do you call this this um, like dust when it's like in the air. Uh, like just these particles, like like kind of coming towards one another um, and creating like a type of um, I don't know if I should say magic. <laughs> I think if I can add something, I think what uh, what was really refreshing also collaborating with you is kind of maybe that we share similar um, I don't know if I can call it like paradigm, but kind of like you know, when you talk about cosmology being connected to like how you view materiality around you, I think you kind of look at the world the same way. So we would just have this moment in the studio where we would just like look at things and just be like, oh my God, like be very excited about just like a lamp or like, you know, just like an object <laughs> in the studio. And I feel, you know, if, if that, that can be interesting and in then kind of like building a world because you're kind of like looking at the same things as like, you know, when you kind of maybe have like another way of seeing about things sometimes, you know, not to go into the negative, but sometimes yeah, that can be limiting when you're like collaborating with people that cannot really understand your point of view, because then you might be like, look at that lamb and someone might just be like, that's just a lamb. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's like about how this like fantasy world can exist because there is this kind of like openness, but also like willing and like being like very like, you know, like having this fascination of like the smallest things and the, and the details, but also with not staying in the superficial side, like then like the details, but then how deep can you go into like what a detail then we or like what's, what's the magic in this like small things, which then also gives this like really interesting environment because then everything becomes possible and sometimes also a bit overwhelming. <laughs> Like we can do everything <laughs> exactly um and also like but i mean i guess we also um like both of us we operate very strictly in a ver in a very i mean strict conceptual frame in terms of like our curiosity we really build things like in a very constructed way in order for us to kind of um trip i'd love to hear from both of you a bit more about that because listening to your music and sounds, Nikisi, and seeing some of your work to run in, in dance, it it's like it's being um, uh, developed in real time. You're experimenting and um, what I'm looking for, uh, uh, improvising as uh, as you go. And there, there seems both of you seem to have this incredible attention to the moment, Nikisi. You, you're listening and feeling the room and the audience and Tiran, you're I'm just looking at the way that you unfold your gestures, you know, down to the minutest detail with how you hold your fingers. It's like you're very aware of of um of your body and the space. But it does feel in many ways improvisatory rather than choreographed or scored. So how does the 
improvisation, the experimentation fit within the kind of rigorous framework that you were talking about um, in how you develop your work? Um, yeah, I think for me, there's this like really interesting um, dynamic between kind of coming with something preconceived but I'm also like and that I think is really part of uh, my practice is like dynamic between preconceivedness, but then also how to break out from that, you know, as like maybe also like a radical way to step away from like uh, conditioned ideas of knowledge, but also with how, how to be in the present. Because I think that's like really important is to be like how I can be in the present while, you know, building uh, definitely with life sets, even with DJ sets, like kind of like building a journey, but then also to kind of connect with the, the audience of the, um, the audience and the energy of the audience that they, by also being present and kind of feeling that I am kind of like having this play with the energy that's around, that they're also feeling that they also have agency in how um, the journey will go. Because I think, um, I've been thinking a lot about that, about how, you know, we're really conditioned as like an audience to kind of stay in this like museum, you know, we're just like kind of like passive, you know, watching what's happening and stuff. And that that's, you know, bringing that back in like, you know, outside of the, 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 the club or outside of the music venue or outside of the theater, then it can maybe even like become problematic because then you create this like, you know, like peoples that are just, bypassing and seeing everything that happened and not realizing that they also have like an active yeah that they also are active agents in that change so that's why i think for me like this kind of playing you know and then like going back to like magic magician like thinking about like like illusion but also being like okay you the the energy that you guys are sending me and that that i can then like bounce back is really because of the energy that you have and that's been also interesting because I think when I started, I could be very sad about like, you know, oh, the performance didn't go well and stuff. And now I'm actually, I'm really more detached with that because you really realize that it's not as an artist that you have to like take in like all the energy or like do all the work. It's actually a collaboration. And then it even becomes, and that comes really also from all the research that I've been doing in more, you know, other paradigms and other cosmologies is that, you know, there's also definitely like ancient African traditions is really this like knowledge of the importance also of like inanimated like entities and beings. So it's like, okay, we as like humans thinking about like animals, like breath, like we're breathing, but then it's like plants in this space, like the stones, you know, everything actually has an energy field and we're all like connected through this like bigger magnetic energy. So it's also, yeah, and then also like, this connection of like how, and that's, I think, the beauty with music is like how to actually form this kind of magnetic power that can then also play with the attention of the audience. And then I feel again, then you really have to be in the present because that's how you can, you know, that, that's how you can actually catch um, the attention and then probably like open some canals and like, um, the brain and how we can actually like share and then on top of that it's like when a musical experience happens in a very interesting way because when the body kind of comes in touch with music 
the information goes instantaneously in all the cells. You know, so it's also this like way that like, you know, when actually something, when the magic actually can happen, then it's like, you know, it's not only the eyes, it's not only the ears, it's like the whole body is just like directly learning something. So, yeah, so that's why I feel for me, that becomes like the best way of actually dealing with that. Mm. Yeah, to maybe add on that, uh, you, you mentioned magic and I always think, um, or I mean, we talked about this also while we were working, like, I always think, I think I mentioned it a couple of times when we started working in the theater with the lights um, and with everything together, I mentioned this idea of dead time and um, this idea that like when when we are composing together, I always think that I'm always in front of the audience. I'm actually never behind them. So everything that I'm doing is pre-described in terms of like, um, I'm going there and then somehow through that, I'm always navigating the audience through the experience. So I'm never actually one step behind them. I'm always like in front of them to kind of navigate them through, through this different sensation of, of the performance. So just as they maybe want to get into something, I will already be like 10 steps ahead of themselves, like into the new part of, of the, of the um, of the experience to kind of softly guide them through that. So there's always this this um, the sensation that I'm with you, but I'm also kind of like the magician who's like um, just like giving you like guiding you through this experience that that we can that we compose together. Yeah, um, and I feel like both of us kind of have have that and we do it in our own way and somehow in the performance like it complements one another like that which is some which when we whenever you know we perform together it's always like oh wow <laughs> this happened that happened <laughs> um so yeah there's 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 really um and and it's very rare that we actually um that that um we always also leave one another to kind of um, to kind of have your own way of guiding them, um, and and I feel like that's also um, like something really great or something that I appreciate about our collaboration. It's like we just leave one another to kind of have your way of like how you interact with the with the audience, and somehow um, that's a way of how we kind of like we find one another through like performing through through performing together um and that's um yeah and that's something nice to nice to experience for us but also i can imagine that it has an effect on on the audience um perhaps like a type of confusion but also through con through being confused like finding different ways of like interacting with us separately but also together yeah that that was so beautifully said. I mean, how how do you look? Because uh, obviously, Tiran, you're I mean, you're an artist and a dancer, and you see your backgrounds in music and DJing. There are crossovers, you know, between between the two. But how have you learned from one another in, in terms of dance and, and and music and sound and your different and your different backgrounds? Yeah, I think for me, like I've always been really interested in the combination of dance and music, because that's when you get the ritual, right? 
So it's like the ritual and what happens when the ritual kind of um, like exists. I think it, for me, it was really interesting because, you know, there's never really like a chronology of like when um, things kind of make sense. I, I have like always these things that happen that things kind of happen before and then after I kind of understand what, what the knowledge was or what the thing is that I can understand from from what happened. So I think that definitely happened when, um, so we did the performance, uh, we did like the premiere, and then I actually flew the next day to uh, the Voodoo Festival in Benin. And then there it was like really interesting because there I've, 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 I'm like in front of like all these like beautiful rituals. It's like combination of like, really amazing like intense like drumming this like abstract movements this like dancing this like idea of like possession this idea of also like you know the energy of 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 the audience kind of like uh, feeding into then gathering all this energy as also like an offering to uh, the invisible world so that was really beautiful because i think i, I really learned so much about what we did um with Bibi um when i was there so i think it's really this idea of like how these two um yeah how these two kind of elements kind of are part of like the same but definitely in this way of like getting to the point of bringing down and that's maybe when it gets a bit more abstract and like spiritual of like bringing down energies from like other dimensions and when you know when it's like time doesn't make sense anymore it's maybe time stands still and what can actually happen in this, yeah, in this conversation. But then I feel like with, with um, our collaborations and like when we did the show a few times and it also becomes like, you know, what is actually dance and what is actually, you know, music. So I think it's maybe at some point suddenly the music can actually feel like a choreography and then the dance actually looks like a song. So then it also becomes really interesting how they can kind of also take over like the space. Um, I think what, which was really like interesting one time we did like uh, one of the shows we did um, in Sweden for this dance festival and was like outside. It was also then also like playing with the fact that like, you know, it was outside kind of in a public space, the energies that I feel maybe more energies kind of like came down because we were not like contained by the, by the space, but then you know, then I remember Tehran and that was so improvisational. Tehran just was like, do you guys want to dance? And then, you know, we just looked at each other and then I just started playing some beats and then we just literally had this like eight minute rave where like, uh, because it was like on the basketball court and the audience was like behind, um, like in the outside of the, you know, of like the basketball court. But then, you know, and Tehran was like, do you guys want to dance, come in? So then it was also beautiful because then this third dimension of like breaking this binary between, you know, like us doing this performance and the audience, you know, actually being able to be on like the dance floor on the stage and having this like very ecstatic dance. Then I, I think also then it also becomes this like other thing because then it's like, you know, what can this music and what can this dance actually become? Um, yeah. and. I mean, I I also think um, in terms of, I mean, music and dance. Um, I mean, the way that I'm working with dance, like I said, it's in a very composed way, like how I use rhythm, how I use beat, how I, how I announce some things. 
and the speed of what I'm operating in is very, it's it's very composed, like almost almost in a very musical way, um, and um, and that's where like with me and with me and Nikisi, I mean, she actually gave me so many notes on like <laughs> on like performing, <laughs> um, and and sometimes you know I jump in and, and and I also give notes on the music, and I feel like that's um, that's where where these two things are are for me almost so similar because um i mean my knowledge on music i mean it's it's also very limited but if i would say something to nikisi then she would completely understand from my <laughs> performance knowledge and if she would say something from my performance knowledge and and then i would completely understand it because somehow there's there's uh there's a there's a similarity inside of this that i also see very much as something um like like the fields are all coming closer towards one another in terms of like what it means to uh what like like what like what it means to uh to put to perform or like what what does it mean to be a director <laughs> um yeah i don't know I, I i'm already seeing it as the same thing i i i don't see it as a difference anymore um and again, in all of my works, I think my works, I really can consider as musical works. Uh, I'm thinking less and less of it as um, dance works or performance works. I really think of it as music works. Yeah, I think maybe, maybe if I can add something, I think because I was thinking about it now before I forget, but there's also this beautiful thing of like, or like that's what I've learned and even like talking with some people, um, you know, when I was in, in in Benin, with the Buddha Festival, with my guides and stuff, that, like someone mentioned this like beautiful thing, think, talking about how the ritual becomes this way of like preparing for the future. But then you know when you kind of get into this idea also of like you know like um, like the psychoacoustic and like rhythmic prediction, and maybe also like you know for 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 a dancer with movements of like predicting like the next movement that's that's gonna come, then it also becomes this this place where like you know where we can kind of like create this like alternative future or kind of like decide where we bring the energy. And I feel like that's where like, you know, this like connection with like music and dance becomes really, really in interesting because it's like, maybe it's like pre-rehearsing the future, but then also kind of like preparing to go somewhere. And that's like what I really felt in uh, this relationship of our two practices coming together. But sometimes again, like what I said, like, maybe all these things that we did in the studio and stuff for me it only makes sense you know maybe like a year later where i'm like in the place and i'm like whoa okay we were literally talking about all these things and you know these things can only happen because we have to disconnect from this like rational logical chronological mind of like time going you know like this like straightforward and then i feel the way how we deal with our practices that's like the only way where we can actually disconnect to this, uh, like limits and, um, kind of get into like, maybe like do some time traveling and jump into other dimensions and get some energy somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I couldn't agree with you more on, on that. It's like, um, again, I think the first time when, um, when I saw you play, I said, <clears throat> I was inside of a club and it felt like the sound, like this idea of, of, sound and movement traveling i feel like we, we work quite a lot on like like on that together 
um, I, I was inside the club and you were playing and it really felt like the sound was the the like the the music that you were playing was too small for the room and I was just looking up and I was thinking oh my god like we need to open the roof because the sound needs to travel outside in the air for you to kind of um, come alive. <laughs> I mean, that experience really made me kind of think of, I mean, sound, traveling, movement, traveling, and kind of, you know, where it can actually meet one another and where it can actually become one thing, but also just completely go into different directions and just like catch one another again on a more energetic level. Many, I guess, um, more um, clubs that that I'm seeing on the internet um, or wherever. It's like, you know, when, when you see it and when the sound immediately goes away, there's still a sensation that kind of stays with you almost, like that is still quite present um, um, from from what was produced before. So there's always like this type of disassociation, but like somehow that you still carried what happened before, like after. That's really, because I think, Nikki, so you described sound as liquid architecture and, and, a, and a way of, um, you can use sound to create landscapes and an imaginable worlds, like worlds beyond the, the confines of the, the room or the roof, as you were saying, Tiran. So there's something very hopeful in there. I think actually at the beginning of a boiler room set, you had a phrase that started with, this world is ending, this world will never end, as if, you know, that there's always the possibility of something else coming in, into being, which I, I think is, it's, there's a lot of hope and possibility in that. And I, I wondered if you could talk a bit about uh, the work, Bibi, that you, you collaborated on, and you were saying how you were interested in, in all the the different infrastructures of support that like what exists outside of um, like the dominant uh, view of, of a space. It's not about the, the necessarily the, the front end of a, of a institution organization theater. It's about the back end. Who's, who's doing the maintenance, who's doing the, the cleaning, who's keeping the, the building going. Um, speak a bit more about how, this work came into being and how these ideas came into your your respective practices and your collaboration we operate on a very like um conceptual frame we have both like very we are both very practice based and in terms of like practice based i mean we we have i mean nikisi was speaking about ritual and i remember when we went into the theater uh, like the first times when we went in, we really went in there and we were listening to what's available there instead of like going in there and just doing our thing. We kind of were, went in there and we were communicating with what's present and what's available there for us to work with that. So really having like, like listening, um, and I feel like that's a very important part of, of this work. Um, it's just to listen, to listen to one another and to listen to the place where we will actually do the work um, and kind of create different possibilities uh, with, with the room instead of um, adding on to the room to communicate with the room 
um, and to uh, treat it in a respectful way to make it look good. The performance would kind of happen around the audience. It's kind of happen at the, the edges and in the, yeah, this idea of also like accepting this outsider position, I think, which for us was like really liberating because it was just like, you know, we, we, we can actually like maybe the audience can also feel another type of way when, you know, when you're put central stage and when we are actually looking back at you, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like trying to change um, the view. But then I guess musically, I was thinking also a lot about more vibrational strategies, how like when, you know, music can kind of become more like a bodily experience and when, um, like a lot of the research that I also do in like music and vibration, it's also about how, you know, it's not only, and it's then also connected to the ritual and having like the master drummer um, kind of like play anti-rhythms when there's like, you know, when the drums, the drum orchestra is playing like a very repetitive rhythm, there would always be like the master drummer kind of like breaking this rhythm. And it's actually to disorient um, audiences enough so they can kind of uh, be open to receive like energies, information, but also that would be like how suddenly people would be possessed or like totally entranced. It's just because you really create like disorienting um, like experience. And I think that's also what we were really um, thinking about. But then what happens when, you know, the vibrations and the energy get so amplified that everybody is vibrating on the same frequency every object you know the building everything is just vibrating together yeah and normally in theaters i guess like when people come in they go immediately to their seats <laughs> um and they kind of sit there until the end of the performance um yeah and i mean just the idea of standing in a theater watching the performance I mean, it's nothing new, but I do think that there's something about that that really makes you perceive work differently because when you're standing, different muscles are activated and your eyes, you know, it looks at a, it looks, um, at a completely different point than where it would be if you would sit. So somehow the whole realm of the whole room, is bec you're becoming more aware of that. Um, and, and this is, I guess, also, again, um, what we were working with and what we were actually composing, this type of experience that we composed for them to have, is to have this 360 degree of attention um, of, of the room and of the space and not just at one point um, that I feel like now thinking back of it. And I'm almost becoming so much more exciting about the work now speaking about this. <laughs> Um, so were the audience in the middle of a room? How was it? How was it set up? They were standing in the middle of the room, and then you moved around them, or how? Yeah, what was the setup? It was like one side, one extreme of the of the the room would have like the music setup where it kind of would have started when people come in, and then there would be like the other side when there would be like the kind of like tribune. I guess it became like sculptural kind of like a like metal sculpture um, that then also created a more vertical level because it was like, you know, like, sta like stairs. 
So then the way our TM would also move. So it would really be this thing of like, again, like this idea of like the disoriented, like the, uh, disorienting, like the vision point. Um, but then like the audience would kind of exist in this like in-between zone where they could like, depending on where things would happen, they would be able to look um, different sides. But then also, I guess, and that's like the beauty also of like, you know, what you said before, like kind of like being a few steps ahead, where the few steps ahead is like, you know, the light play, you know, the light starting there, light starting there, and then like the lights and, you know, the movements actually like, um, like guiding the audiences towards um, where, yeah, like where would happen or like the attention span. Uh, the, the attention had to go towards. How did you decide when to bring the performance to a close? Because I can really see in both of your works, like it just keeps opening up more and more possibilities. It could go on forever and ever. How do you decide, okay, now is the end? I mean, I'm laughing because I remember a performance that we did that we thought we would go out to, or we wanted to go out because we thought we, it was the end. But then we left the music on <laughs> and then we went out and people were still in the performance. <laughs> I think this is the last performance we did. <laughs> and people were still in the performance and we just came out. <laughs> but also it was, what, 10 minutes later, I don't remember anymore. And the music was just going and people were just in the room. Um, and we were already in this different zone of um, the end. Um, so yeah, that was quite, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't, I actually don't know what to say about it. I guess we also work with this idea of an open end and wanting to be surprised. Um, yeah, I guess we were also speaking about this idea of, um, magician and magic. And I think both of us is really drawn to, to that. <laughs> um in terms of like and again i think it's quite composed how we get to the magic because this is um a type of refinement i, th I feel like in our practices that we that we are aiming towards <laughs> this is to have a type of magic um a type of like magic in terms of like the highlight of the performance and again i don't necessarily know if it's the end uh, or if it's in the middle, maybe again a type of magic that kind of travel, travel in the um, through through the performance. But I mean, I think it's very um, it's very clear for both of us when when it's happening. Um, again, like in Stockholm, um, I was just telling people to come in and come and dance. In Berlin, we just left, and ten minutes when we went back, people were still there. Um, so I think it's. We, again, um, we, like I said from the beginning, we communicate with the space. And I really think it's very clear, like how, because we have such a clear communication with the space and with the room, that the room also guide the people into a type of um, experience. And I feel like in the end, actually, we leave the performance for the space to just, um, or the room to, to kind of navigate the people towards the end. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. What do you think, Kisi? <laughs> yeah, I think also what was also really important for us was like, you know, in kind of the things that were maybe a bit fixed, even the way how the performance would 
you know, the kind of like, even if it's not timeline, which is how it kind of starts and where it goes, you would have this like, remember when we were like, oh, the kind of first would be so, you know, kind of this extended period of time where it's just like, what is happening, you know, before then coming to this moment where maybe where you're like uh, performing and then the intensity arrives and then maybe in like time, maybe the intensity and then going towards the end is kind of shorter than the time it takes to even get there, right? So I think maybe that's maybe also how we were thinking about kind of preparing this like magical moment and then this like, you know, intensity and then from there just bam, you know, just like drop exactly. the mic. Yeah. Drop the mic. Yeah. We walk out. Yeah, I guess <laughs> I guess we were also talking about <laughs> this idea of an introduction being like what um like forty minutes <laughs> the introduction of the performance, like suspended time of an introduction of like thirty or forty minutes and then the actual performance being like ten minutes. Um yeah, as a way also of breaking um breaking like a frame. I was going to ask a question about performance and sustainability um, how we can think of the commissioning process the research and development process and and of course the performance itself and the moment after the performance in more sustainable ways and to think about sustainability not just in terms of um, the resources but the kinds of relationships that are formed the afterlife of a performance um, and so it'd be really good to hear from you both what you would like to see or what you think has, has worked well when you've done a performance and you thought, yeah, this is, this is a kind of sustainable and good way of working in, in performance work. Maybe time, I mean, uh, I mean, perhaps time, um, the amount of time <clears throat> that uh, you get to spend in a room for performance <laughs> but it's really about opening up that space again to just communicate more freely yeah definitely because i think definitely in the connection with the sound you know like the the architecture also becomes an instrument because the way how some sound will sound in this place or this place is totally different and sometimes you know people kind of expect you to arrive with this music ready then just press play, but it's like, no, I have to actually have time, sit in the space, understand what's, how the sound, how the vibration, how, how the bass, how the, you know, it's, it's this idea of like a lot of times people focus a lot on, okay, do you have everything on the tech writer? Instead of also giving room to understand that like every room will sound different, but it's not a bad thing, you know, you can have this room that have a lot of delay in like echo and stuff, but then it's like, oh, I can actually play with that. And maybe that became, becomes like this, its own like effects pedal that like is just natural. And then the, the experience is even better. So I think it's, yeah, it's definitely what Tiran says, like having the time and space of, 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 of sitting there, but then thinking also about, you know, what we've kind of been uh, touching on during this conversation understanding how energy works there's like different ways how the energy can be read you can read the energy before the performance during the performance but then also after and sometimes even the the process of have, stepping away from the work and having like all this you know epiphanies kind of come and be like oh wow that's actually 
that can actually also turn the, the work better. So it's like, you know, sometimes the performances can be that like, it's just performed one time, two times, and then we have to directly move on to like the next thing. So it's like, sometimes it can also be nice. And that's what I feel that we kind of did with Vivid that it's, it will also just evolve with us as like where we're going in our practices. And it's not really like connected to something that's like, it's present when everyone's there, when we're there, when the audience is there, when the building is there, you know, then it's like in its presence, but it's not like connected too much in like a thing of like, yeah, of, of, of it only working in a certain time frame. I see us doing it in like a few years and it will always, we will always be able to like connect back to it. So I think that is with like indefinitely time. I think, you know, we were so lucky, um, you know, to have all this time to just like sit together and to have this, you know, opportunity to also go into like the, the, you know, just being like, they say in French, like émerveillé, you know, to just be like fascinated by like the smallest things, you know? <laughs> yeah. And also the, the the idea that we can do it almost anywhere i mean we talked about since the beginning that it's a work that we can i mean do outside we can do it in the theater i mean i we can even do it in a club <laughs> you know really like understanding actually how how to work with the resources that's available to you it's been such a pleasure talking to you both and hearing a bit more about your collaborations and your thoughts and it's yeah very special so thank you so much thank you for having us uh, yeah thank you thanks for listening you can find out more about our podcasts and other parts of our program including our exhibitions artist residencies and performances if you head over to our website the roberts institute of art.com or find us on instagram at the Roberts Institute of Art. You can also sign up to our newsletter on the website to be the first to hear about our programme.